Hello and welcome to the Not A Game podcast. Last week was episode 68, which I called episode 69 Eve, which means that the day is finally here. The day for which I've been more excited than Christmas itself. You've been episode... building up to this for like four episodes. <laughs> well, I, I feel a lot of pressure right now. <laughs> it's episode 69. I'm Jordan Erica Weber, and because there's somebody sleeping in my sitting room, I'm actually recording this in my bedroom, so things Ooh. are already getting sexy. <laughs> it's already saucy. <laughs> I am joined, though unfortunately not physically, by my co-host Tom Hatfield. Hello. I'm also in my bedroom, but I'm always <laughs> in my bedroom when I record these, because that's where my PC is. Oh, the more you know. <laughs> and uh, special guest, Holly Nielsen. Hi. <laughs> Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Holly tweeted, someone please invite me on your podcast so I can talk about <laughs> Bioware characters I fancy. I've got hours of material. Given... Oh God, I regret that now. <laughs> <laughs> Given Tom's tendency to go on about Dragon Age and my tendency to fancy people, we thought Holly was a natural fit. Exactly. I am the meeting of you two. <laughs> <laughs> In the spirit of 69s and other related innuendos, my question to warm us up is this. What game do you think you could still play if you were being distracted? And which do you enjoy so oh my much God. that you would refuse to be distracted from it? So two questions. One, what oh could you God. still play? And the other one, what game is so good that even if someone tried to distract you, you'd just be like, nah, later. Uh, okay. Um, oh, good question. I know, I know. <laughs> Um, I think at the moment, the game that just nobody could distract me from is Dragon Age Inquisition, because I'm completely hooked by that game. Um, and then, oh, the one that I, was it I could play? Even if you were being distracted. Even if I was being distracted, okay. Um, so nothing with motion controls then? No, no, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's connect out the window. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um... I wouldn't trust Connect to even be turned on if I was doing anything like that. I don't know, like Peggle. <laughs> it's, it's, play Peggle. I'd, you know, just you'd have to be pretty, pretty bored to to, to turn to Peggle. But <laughs> I'd give that a go. Fair enough. How about you, Tom? I don't know. It's like uh, all the kind of like relaxed games that I could play without paying much attention are kind of like childlike, and I'd feel really horrible. <laughs> <laughs> You know, having sex whilst playing Animal Crossing or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that seems a bit wrong. Do you know what I'd really like to try? I'd really like to try playing Super Hexagon while something like that was going on. No, no, listen, because I actually find I'm better at that game when I am a bit distracted. Like, I find... <laughs> How do you not know? In, what not in be that doing? <laughs> Look, this question may or may not have come from recent personal experience. But <laughs> oh my God. All I'm saying is, when I play Super Hexagon, if I'm talking or something at the same time, then I actually find it easier. I find I do better. So I'd like to give that a try, I think. Aren't you worried that you'll have, like, um, Jen Frank's voice interjecting all the time? I mean, I don't think I'd mind. <laughs> I don't think she'd mind either. <laughs> Again. Uh... <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, so Good anyway, <laughs> thanks. I put a lot of thought into it. Um, Holly, what have you been playing recently that isn't Dragon Age Inquisition? Because I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Oh, um, well, I haven't been playing as much as I would like to normally at the moment because I've been traveling a lot. But because I've been traveling a lot, I've been playing a lot of iOS games. So I have been playing a lot of um, Kingdom Rush. 
Like oh, Kingdom I haven't Rush. played that. Is oh it my good? god, I love it so much. I've played, uh, I've kind of platinumed the first two, and now I'm playing the third, and I've almost completed it all. And yeah, I, I just love that game. I spent, I've spent far too long in that game. Like, it's so distracting, but it's so good. <laughs> what's it? What's the, um, is that that tower defense one? Yeah, you it's, about? it's like a little kind of tower defense one, so there's like little, you have like a you know, waves of enemies come along and you've got to place kind of either kind of like uh, like kind of army kind of soldiers or arrows and stuff in different places. You've got to try and stop them. And it's really good. And it's just, it's a really lovely designed game. It's got like all these little like pop culture references in it and like video game references. And it's just, it's a really nice game. Not one you would play while being distracted. No, I, I think I would, I would tell the person to go away if I was playing that game I get really into it <laughs> fair enough anything else or is um, it just Dragon Age all the way oh, just so much Dragon Age I mean uh, my um, my brother's been playing a lot of because I live with my brother he's been playing a lot of um, uh, Far Cry and I kind of I really like the look of it but it's it's the kind of game where I just get really annoyed because you get attacked all the time <laughs> I was like looking around and I was like oh it's a really nice looking game and then you know, like an eagle come down and just like scratch your eyes out, and it's like, oh, <laughs> that's not nice. <laughs> Animals hate everyone in Far Cry. They just yeah. <laughs> attack everything on sight. And I was getting—I know it's not meant to be like realistic or anything, but I was getting really annoyed because I was there, and I was like, I was like, okay, elephants, okay, fair enough. And then like, and then a tiger came along, and I was like, okay, I can stretch. And then like a tapir was there, and I was like, tapirs don't live there. That's wrong. <laughs> that's sick and wrong. I know, <laughs> but yeah, I, I have to try and get over that. But yeah, I've just been playing loads of Inquisition as much as I can play. How about you, Tom? Have you played anything other than Dragon Age Inquisition? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I wasn't that worried about playing something else because I was informed that this podcast was going to be entirely about boning. <laughs> <laughs> so you just did lots of boning instead. I mean, it's understandable. <laughs> but other than that, um, uh, in the uh, one of the, those moments where Tom interjects and goes on about um, pen and paper games for a second, I played a game called Inspectors recently. Inspectors with, with um yeah, uh with a few other people in the pub, which is a pen and paper role playing game in which is basically Ghostbusters. Um, you're all you know starting a Ghostbusters business, so it's all about a combination of both vanquishing ghosts and running a small business. Uh, <laughs> so you have to do tax reports and stuff. Not quite, but it's it's kind of like it's very deliberate and it tries to clash sort of mundanity against um ridiculousness and also. Um, I think it actually pictures it in the um, in the book as like um, uh, as very much like Ghostbusters. It turns out um, the supernatural ghosts, vampires, and things are are real, but they're not really so much dangerous as kind of annoying. Um, <laughs> so, so in the end, it's particularly great because everyone like chooses their own, uh, creates their own like franchise and defines all sorts of things about it, like how they catch ghosts or you know what their headquarters looks like and things like that. <laughs> and, um, are your franchises competing with one another? No, it's um uh, everyone is working for one um uh, for one sort of franchise, and they put it together and they get their own little character sheet for that. And uh, the people I was playing with decided that they were going to be uh, working for Bolton City Council. <laughs> <laughs> they do have a lot of ghost problems in Bolton, so you yeah. know that is a that's a problem. And it's just the most like mundane, um, ordinary thing ever. Like they're um they. Uh, they carefully explained that their logo was just like a completely blank, expressionless, smiley face with the slogan, We Catch Ghosts. Effective. <laughs> 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 <Thanks laughs> <to> the point. <laughs> yeah. 
you can be a ghost hunter in the in the Sims. Mm. That's one of the oh, in the Sims Three anyway. That's one of the jobs that comes in the Ambitions <laughs> expansion pack. Um, but I think you just have to kind of, you talk to the ghosts for a while until they agree to go back to the afterlife. <laughs> so you just like bore them so much. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Just like show them your holiday slides, get all that out and they're like, oh god, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, why I about like ghost busting. But yeah, um, Inspectors is full of some really cool stuff, um, some really nice ideas for people who are new to RPGs. Uh, like, um, one of the basic things is that if you do well, you narrate what happens and if you do badly, the, um, uh, the game's master generates what happens. Uh, and then there's also really funny conceits. Like, um, one of my favourite bits is that it's technically also a reality TV show about Ghostbusters. Um, <laughs> so, like, at, at any time, one of the characters can suddenly sort of bust out into a reality TV show style confessional bit where they go, Well, of course, little did we know that behind that door was. and uh, set themselves up for the scene going on. Like in the um, Big Brother diary room. Yeah, exactly like that. In fact, like it recommends. Oh, we didn't do this because we were playing in the pub. Uh, it recommends. It, one of the things it suggests is literally like putting a a seat aside for it, so someone can go over and take their seat <laughs> and do their do their reality TV code confessional where they bitch about one of the other contestants. That's amazing. Why would you not do that in the pub? I think that's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> I do that when I'm not playing that game. <laughs> Put a seat aside to yeah. bitch about people. <laughs> Tom, how did you find playing that kind of game in the pub? Because when we were playing. Um, werewolf at game city in the pub that that woman came over and asked us if we were like a, a debating, <laughs> a debating society. society yeah a she what? got really confused she thought we were a debating society oh, i thought you said dating oh no <laughs> i was like what was the game you were playing i mean there were only like three girls there and like 12 uh, guys so. so kind of typical kind of games industry dating <laughs> pretty much yeah i had my pick of the litter <laughs> Yeah, and that was at Game City where almost everyone in that pub was involved in games, except the like three regulars who were like, "What on earth is going on?" <laughs> they were so confused. <laughs> where did all these hipsters come from? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, there's um, there's quite a nice pub we occasionally go to, which we go to largely because no one ever goes there. <laughs> so if right. you feel like taking over an entire table and playing a giant board game, you can get away. With it. <laughs> oh, that's such a. That's such a sad, like, advertisement for a pub. Oh, no one's ever here, so there's lots of room for you. <laughs> I used to wonder how it uh, carries on, but I think it's an inn as well, so it makes most of its money from the inn. Um, an inn? Is that still a thing? <laughs> Apparently so. Wow, that's um, nice. But yeah, no, uh, so we go there and play uh, board games or occasionally I'll use when it's being quiet. I think a couple of people looked at us weird, but we've kind of, we've, we have kind of do this as a sem- on a semi-regular basis with either board games or RPGs now, so we've gone and got used to it. <laughs> We've we've broken through the embarrassment. Actually, there's a there's a brilliant um a thing on uh our, our rock paper shotgun when they talk about playing Dungeons and Dragons for the first time, and I think it's Jim who describes it as you've broken through the cool barrier. Everyone knows they're uncool now, so no one cares anymore. <laughs> it's so stupid how I've for so many years refused to play Dungeons and Dragons because I somehow feel like that will be it. That will be the last straw on the camel's back. Despite all the other things I've done and what I do for my job, that somehow feels like the invisible line. Like nice. on crossing, which I'll become a complete loser. I really You've want to have do someone it. To feel superior to. I, I keep on trying to. Um, uh, I keep on trying to like every, every now and again, but like I kind of want to play it, but I just kind of want to use it as an excuse to get drunk. I think that would be quite funny. <laughs> You've ever checked um, a great game for that is um, James Wallace's uh, The Adventures of ba- The Extraordinary Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Oh no, I've never which heard is that. Uh, basically a kind of uh, sort of role playing drinking game in which you all um, 
compete to tell increasingly outlandish tales uh, to each other as, um, I think you're all Baron Munchausen or something like that. <laughs> but you're all various gentlemen regaling and ladies regaling each other with increasingly preposterous tales. And there'll be like various bets, like someone will say, oh, but, but Baron, I, I heard that when, please, please tell us the story of how you escaped from Ireland riding half a sausage. And, <laughs> and then so the other person just has to run with that. And, you know, if they run out of ideas, then they have to drink. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds like a really good game. Mm. We should play that. <laughs> we should podcast it. <laughs> Live on the podcast. <laughs> Just get more and more slurred as the time mm. goes on. <laughs> um, well, or in my case, seeing as I don't drink alcohol, getting more and more hyped up on sugar. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of uh, telling tales, I've been playing Tales from the Borderlands, mm. which I've oh. been reviewing, um, which is pretty good, although I don't, I didn't seem to like it as much as everybody else did. Mm. Um, though I think that, I mean, because it's so full of quick time events, it is, you know, the like quintessential Telltale Games game. Mm. Like it's, there's, there's even less exploration and even less puzzle solving than there are in the other ones. Like it's just, it's pretty much mostly just cut scenes with quick time events. And I just lost interest. Mm. Like even in the action scenes, I just got bored. And if you glance away, then you miss them and you either die or like nothing happens because Sometimes the quick time events are irrelevant anyway, and it doesn't matter if you complete them or not. I always thought um, that was the kind of the weakest part of their games. Um, like it was, it was cool. It was cool when they decided to drop standard adventure game logic and drive it by dialogue and things like that. But I felt mm. like they could have, they could have dropped the QTEs as well. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of it. <laughs> um, it would just be like you know, you'll be watching the cutscene for like two minutes, and no quick time events will happen, and then one will suddenly come up, and if you miss it, then you die, and you have to do it again. Oh, that's um, annoying. Which is kind of annoying, but I guess if you're if you're invested in it, then it'll be fine because you'll be watching the screen. But I'm very easily distracted, so I kind <laughs> of <laughs> now now. Um, <laughs> so I was just I don't know. I'd just glance away to like look at probably Twitter on my phone or something, and then I'd miss one, and I'd have to play the same bit again. Um, but it does seem like it's going to be fairly interesting. Like, it's nice how they've tried to fit fairly normal characters into Borderlands. Because obviously all of the characters in Borderlands are so extreme that you'd never believe they could actually be real people. Mm. Um, but in this, they've got um, they've got two protagonists. The guy is like an office worker. So he works for Hyperion, which obviously is this like incredibly evil corporation. But he just seems like a... He seems like the kind of guy you might see in London. You know, he's wearing these like fancy leather shoes. They're made from skag skin. And he's like working his way up the company, stabbing people in the back and trying to get a promotion and stuff. And he's got a dickhead for a boss and all this kind of stuff. And it seems quite relatable. Mm. Um, and then the other protagonist is this woman who's grown up in kind of the slums on Pandora. And she's really poor and she's become a con artist with her sister. They got taken in by this gentleman who like taught them how to steal and stuff and it seems like a fairly interesting story, like away from the big stuff that happens in the Borderlands games. It still has stuff to do with a vault key and a vault, but um, mm. but it's more kind of down to earth, I think. And mm. um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, they released uh, they basically released two new games back to back, didn't they? Yeah, Game of Thrones as well, which I haven't been able to play because mm. I I didn't <laughs> the the dice roll didn't pick me for that one. <laughs> I got Tales from the Borderlands instead. I've never actually followed a Telltale game like as it is released in the episodic way. Mm. So I don't know what it's like playing the first episode and not really knowing where I'll go from there. I always just kind of pick them up in one go at the end. 
Yeah, um, I did that with The Walking Dead and The Wolf Among Us. Um, but in this one, there is a bit of a cliffhanger ending. I won't mm. obviously spoil it for anyone, but it's this, this, you know, this stuff goes down in the first episode and then it becomes clear that that's really just set up for what happens next. Like these two protagonists mm. come together for a particular reason and then something happens and they join forces mm. and then they, you know, begin an adventure together. And that's going to really kick off in the next episode. Because, um, I mean, I remember people talking about their Wolf Among Us when it, it was coming out, and there was this interesting moment at the start where they people played the first episode and they were like, did did what I did, did it? Uh, and they were like, I don't know how much I've done. I don't know what, if what I've done is going to have any impact until like two or three episodes down the line. Oh, yeah. No, I've definitely got that sense with this one. There's mm. no way to tell if any of the things I've done will have any mm. consequences. Because like half of the, you know, the little messages that pop up in the corner... Like, so-and-so will remember that. Half of them have been jokes, like, <laughs> because this is Borderlands. So there's quite a lot of humour throughout, and, like, a lot of it is actually quite funny, especially for a game. But, like, most of them have been things like, um, you trusted Sasha not to beat your face in, and stuff like that, which doesn't really seem like it's going to be a, a choice mm. consequence situation, like the like the whole Clementine will remember that stuff from The Walking Dead. Mm. So, yeah, I really don't know. Um, yeah, of course, it well, it's hard to say what it did or something matters or not there was quite a good article about this uh, by Richard Cobbett the other day um, about kind of like there's a tendency to sort of zero in on will this choice have an Im- have a mechanical impact in the game when some of my favourite choices just didn't mm. at all um, like he was asking people on Twitter what their favor- uh, what they felt the most important choices they've ever made were and I think my most important one was choosing whether or not to um, let Garrus win at skeet shooting in Mass Effect 3 <laughs> which <laughs> has no consequence one. whatsoever but I was just there going oh, I don't want what to be condescending do? what did you do? I did let him win in the end oh I let him win as well <laughs> oh I didn't screw Aww. that <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> no, Garrus had, oh yeah we had this conversation before didn't we when you were romancing him and you wanted to show him who was boss Mm. Yep, <laughs> I'm always boss. <laughs> um. Anyway, um. Yeah, I get, I get that. But like, there are some choices in Tales from the Borderlands that quite clearly don't have any impact. Like at the beginning, after so, um, this guy Reese, this office worker, he gets a new boss who's a dick, and he promotes him in inverted commas to assistant vice janitor. Like it's a big joke. Like he's mm. he's actually demoted him, mm. and this guy's really pissed off. And you're walking down the corridor with your friend, and it gives you a quick time event to kick a bin over. And if you don't do it, then your friend just trips over it instead because the bin needs to fall over for the scene to progress because something happens. <laughs> so it like it, it's irrelevant, you know, whether you miss the whether you get the quick time event or not. The same thing still happens. Oh. I don't know. Maybe they're poking fun at themselves. <laughs> there was quite a lot of that. Like there's a point where um I played it through twice, and the second time I was trying to be just you know completely opposite choices to see what would happen. And um, I got the guy Reese to poke fun at a bandit and to keep doing it even when the guy was like, "Are you sure you want to call me that?" Um, so I made him keep doing it and then his friend was like I'm sorry my friend seems to have a condition where he just says stupid shit just to see what'll happen which obviously is a <laughs> reference to like the way players play Telltale mm. games which I thought was quite nice it's a funny game and it's definitely worth it if you like Borderlands I'm just not sure if it's their if it's their best work mm. oh that sounds good I'm, I really want to play the Game of Thrones one I know me too I mean <laughs> yeah so I feel practice. like that'll be relevant to our interests as well because there's bound to be a lot of sex in that. <laughs> it's Game of Thrones, of course there will be. Although mm. I have to admit, I've never actually read the books. I've just watched the TV show. Oh, you should. 
So there's so what? much, and do you know what? There's much more lesbian action in <laughs> the Game of Thrones books. No, listen, <laughs> because you would think that those writers would want to put as much of girl on girl action in the TV show as they as they could. I, I remember like that, quite right? a bit. I remember seeing. I remember like exposition scenes which just have like the expository level lesbian hookers. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, but there's like a, <laughs> I don't want to do. I don't want to do any spoiling. But there are a couple of major female characters who you know, get some pleasure from their from their handmaidens. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that yeah. doesn't Yeah. You would think that they would want to put that in the T V show, but they don't. Yeah. Well maybe they kinda of, for the T V show there's only so much gratuitous sex you can put in a show before people just go, Okay now They <laughs> really have been silly. trying to test those borders though. Mm. I remember the first thing I remember I watched the full first series in virtually one sitting, but I watched it with my dad. <gasps> oh, oh my gosh, my gosh. It, was, it was the worst well i didn't realize it was going to be like that because i thought you know like um we you know we kind of thought it would be a bit like lord of the rings or something so we watched it and like the first scene you know like it's like Tyrion or something getting a blowjob or something and i was just like oh my god this is the worst possible thing to watch of your dad but yeah haven't done that since <laughs> oh my goodness i don't blame you to be honest it's probably a weird thing to watch with a even someone you actually are sleeping with. Like, I can't imagine any situation. <laughs> what, you feel like you're which... cheating on them. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so back with the first series, um, it was kind of like um, when everyone was really, really into it, there was kind of like an event with my friends and that around Bath. So um, we could go, occasionally we go around to someone's house and watch it. All guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just sitting there awkwardly quiet. Yeah, just... and it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah, you really should watch that on your own. I yeah, feel. I, I have learned that the hard way. Mm. It was traumatic. <laughs> so, um, speaking of speaking of gratuitous sex, do you guys want to start <laughs> <laughs> talking about Dragon Age? I'll just listen. Don't worry. Speaking uh, of uh, Game of Thrones, in fact, because the two are related, which is probably yeah. why there is so much gratuitous sex in Dragon Age. Have you Pretty played close. Dragon Age, uh, Jordan? No, because I don't. I don't buy games, and no one's no one's asked me to review it. <laughs> wow. Well, that is a big insight. <laughs> to be fair, like I, I was going to wait for a while and try and get it, but I got asked to review it, so I got it kind of a week before the release, and I was just like, oh my god, I'm oh, so glad so I got asked to review this. I just, like, as a freelancer, I just feel like it's not worth my time. I might put it on my Christmas wish list or something. You should. It's so good. Mm. So good. What about what do you think, Tom? No, I'm yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's it's uh, it feels very different from other Bioware games, kind of. I mean that it's, it's gone really hard in on the open world stuff. Mm. So you get these sort of weird pace to it, where there's um, like these incredibly dramatic, amazing uh, main story missions, and then you sort of wander around the world a bit, uh, wander mm. around the desert doing the little mini quests. It's yeah, got an interesting kind of pacing to it. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it because it's so different to the first few Dragon Ages. Mm-hmm. And because I'm a huge fan of Dragon Age Origins, like I love that game so much. Mm-hmm. And Dragon Age Two was a bit shit, as everyone <laughs> kind of agrees. Mm-hmm. It was a bit. It wasn't. You know, it had it was a bit lazy. I think. You know, it kind of repeated a lot of kind of set pieces, and it was pretty much about two areas. Um, but this one, yeah, I just it feels so epic. Like, I've never played a game that feels so kind of vast and like you're making such a huge impact. Mm. Like, you know, there's a, I don't want to spoil it for any, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but there's, there's, there's a scene where I literally was just like, wow, I've never, I personally have never felt like such a kind of like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing, kind of <laughs> epic and huge moments in a game. It felt like, 
yeah, like I was watching Lord of the Rings or something, then I remembered that it was actually me playing this game. And yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. But yeah, yeah I think um, I'm a big fan of the series anyway. So kind of going back and like seeing all the lore and then all the appearances of like previous characters, I'm like, yay! <laughs> there is this. some truly great fan service in there. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and some really cool stuff. Like I just played the sort of this mission based around a masquerade ball. Oh yes, really yeah. cool. Um, and I won't spoil any of the sort of reasons for going there, but basically you're in a masked ball for a uh, royal court that is famously backstabbing, and um, uh, as with all royal courts, exactly. So you have to like kind of keep up. You get this little uh, meter for uh, like out of a hundred for your approval at the court. And so you have to, like, you know, um, talk to people and make the right uh, choices and eavesdrop on people's secrets. And, um, like, there's there's something dastardly going on in the background. And you have to, like, sneak around into, like, the fenced-off parts of the um, palace to see it. But every time you're every time you're away from the uh, ballroom, your uh, approval meter drops <laughs> because you're no because you're um, because you're no longer seen at the party. And so you have to go around kind of buttering up these nobles and appearing to be this international man of mystery in order to all go women. around. Yeah, or woman. In my case, man. And then in, in order to go and investigate what's going on. Oh, it's so cool. I love little things like that. Mm. It makes it feel, I don't know, it just make, it, it, the, it makes it feel like it's an actually like, you know, populated world and there's stuff going on like beyond, you know, what your character sees. And it's just really nice. I really like that. Like those little details just make it seem so much more real. Which, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. What uh, what character did you go for? Um, I, I in the end I just went for uh, the fairly box standard, I guess, um, uh, human rogue. Because uh, I started off with like a canary with a uh, massive two handed weapon, mm. but I just felt like so slow all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I've gone canary. Because I usually go for like all these games, like my default is a elf, like jewel wielding rogue. And I thought, no, I thought this time I'm going to do something different. And I went completely opposite. I went Kunari, double handed mm-hmm. weapon. And I'm really enjoying playing it differently. But it's every now and again, I'm like, oh man, I wish I was my standard elf character. <laughs> oh, I always play the same, like in every Oblivion, Skyrim, whatever, I always mm. play an elf with a bow and arrow. I'm so yeah. predictable. I know, I'm, I'm exactly the same. And this time I've tried to push myself and mm. I, I am enjoying it, but every now and again I'm like, oh man. <laughs> As, mm. Yeah. But what about, um, so did you play Origins in 2? Yes. In fact, yeah. I, played, uh, I played through 2 immediately before um, uh, Inquisition came out. Oh, wow. Because uh, I, I think I got to halfway through and then lost my save. So I mm. had to play through the whole thing in uh, a fairly short space of time. Oh, God. How, how did you find that? Um... Yeah, it's it's interesting going back through it a second time because, I mean, all the flaws are really obvious, that's yeah. the repetition and things like that, but there's lots of really clever bits of writing in there. Yeah, that's the thing I felt with it as well. Like, the actual gameplay and design stuff was a bit... What, what, it was poor, but I like... There's some little, like, character moments that I really love in that mm. game and, like, just little, like, quirks and stuff, which I really like, but, yeah, it does get kind of masked under a lot of quite shitty gameplay <laughs> which which isn't what you want out of a bioware game yeah there's um actually there's a quite a nice precedent for some of the clever things they did in inquisition with uh, mm. relationships there and there's one character aveline who you how you can constantly uh try and flirt with like other characters but she's just not interested in you at all yeah oh that is so nice i love that in a game because it makes it seem so much more real like it, you know like just because you're 
this person just because you're nice to everyone doesn't mean that they're just gonna like fall at your feet mm. i think i think that's such a nice like addition like with uh vivian in inquisition mm. it's the same and she kind of makes the point she was like why like what would i gain from getting review and it's like <laughs> yeah good point <laughs> very it's good a really point. nice lesson that i think a few gamers could stand yeah, to learn mm. as well kind of that whole kind of like friend zone oh well i'd be nice to you exactly five times now you know surely we should have sex now <laughs> it kind of you know i think yeah that is it does help um yeah and uh, even with the um even with the characters that are romanceable they all have like defined orientations so mm. Um, Dorian is just not interested in women at all. He will only romance like men. Yeah, uh, you can still flirt with him, um, and eventually he explains that he's gay. <laughs> yeah, it's the same with Sarah. She's mm. um, she's gay, and she kind of like I think um, I watched a thing, and you can kind of flirt and flirt over, and eventually she goes, "Oh, you know, we have one thing in common, and that's like we both like women," kind of thing. <laughs> and I just thought, yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> I really like that. Mm. And, um, uh, and yeah. again, the other way, and um, the same with uh, the heterosexual characters as well. You can continue to flirt with them yeah. and have a quite an awkward conversation with Cassandra. I think. Yeah, I, I did that with Cassandra. Like, I tried to, like, I'm playing female Kunari, and I was like, oh, I'm going to get with Cassandra. So, like, I was flirting and flirting and flirting with her, and just nothing was working. And I was like, oh, man, break my heart. <laughs> this isn't going to happen. Which is, it's just, it's, it's a nice thing in a game mm. like that. I think it's better, um, Two was very much like everyone was bisexual, mm. so you could pretty much have anyone in your party apart from Abilene. Um, and then, yeah, it was. Yeah. Although it was kind of, it's, it, people describe him as being as everyone was bisexual, but I guess that's not technically the case. They're just attracted to to uh, whatever you or, are. Yeah, the game. It, yeah, yeah. Um, they and uh, obviously, yeah, because it's you know whether you're a male or a female character, entirely different things might have happened. Just like you know, if yeah. You're, a warrior or a mage, one or other of your yeah. siblings might die. Because it's quite strange, right? I remember, because like, Anders in that, like, there's a whole big thing about he's kind of pissed off because his, and it's kind of really heavily hinted at that it's his lover, was um, kind of changed into a, oh, what are they called? The, um, tranquil. Yes, changed into Tranquil. And, like, and I thought that was, like, really nice, but then it doesn't really make sense when, like, I don't know, I just thought it would have been mm. so much better if he'd just been a gay character and, like, that was it. <laughs> Instead of just kind of because like it's so mm. like heavily hinted at that this guy like meant so much to him and stuff like that, and it's like no, you know, stick with it, Bioware. You can do this. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be fair, they're still doing so much better than other developers. Oh God, yeah, like so much better. Especially and, in, and yeah, it's worth yeah. saying they did exactly that in uh, Dragon Age Inquisition with uh, mm. Dorian, who is um, just gay and not interested yeah. in women at all. And <laughs> interesting enough, he's he's introduced with like. Um, you know, a, a younger man who's like clearly, um, you know, very yeah. enamored with him. But then yeah. you ask him about it, and he's just like, "Oh no, no, there's nothing going on. He's his friend." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This like, oh yeah. I, I especially feel like personally, I think that Dragon Age does a bit better than Mass Effect in that. I kind of felt like Mass Effect got a bit kind of. I mean, there are some really lovely bits of Mass Effect, but like Dragon Age, like like Mass Effect, it got a bit kind of. It was, you know, there was all those scenes where, like, it was literally just about the sex scene. And it was literally just, like, you could bang someone, get the scene, and then, boom, then that's out the way, you know. Yeah, they've been, a, they've been more experimental you. with it, I think, um, since, uh, since like, two, um, where there are uh, there are relationships that work in different ways. Like, the one with Isabella kind of starts as a casual sex that evolves yeah. into something, which is, as opposed to the, you know, climactic, we're about to fight the end boss, now we must bang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quick, guys, suicide mission. <laughs> you know, that always gets everyone in the mood. But, yeah, and I, I always really liked in Origins, 
it's it's I think it's the only it's the only game in I think well like the um the actual way who you romance and the way you romance them. Um it can mean like it's like the difference between your character living and your character dying at the end. So like uh, it has like a huge like impact. Like, you know, that's like a, it's not just like, oh, you either get them saying, I love you at the end or oh, I hate you, you're a bit of a dick to me at the end. <laughs> like it's actually you no, know, you're like your main character, um, living or dying in the final bit, which I thought was really cool. Mm. I thought that was really awesome. It was the first time I played a game and the kind of romance thing actually had mm. like it really made sense. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, because I don't want to. Oh man, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But um, yeah, there's there's a bit of origins where if you choose certain ways you romance and certain people, it's just like so sad, but so good. It's nice to think of the romantic relationships having an effect on the rest of your character's life, as opposed mm-hmm. to just being a side activity that they do sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Very much, in fact, actually, because uh, in the world, really, I guess, because. Um... There are characters that uh, you can romance in Origins that become major figures in the world. Yeah. And that can obviously um, have, a, have a massive impact. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that is really cool. <laughs> so have you romanced anyone in Inquisition, Holly? Um, well, that was the thing. I went to Inquisition and I think pre- nearly all previous Bioware games, you know, they kind of release the list of characters mm. and they kind of say most of the time who's a romance option stuff. I can usually pick out one where I'm like, yeah. That's the one. <laughs> That's them. But this time I was like, oh, it's not really anyone I'm that interested in. And I think my female Kunari, I'm a bit like, uh, I'm probably going to end up romancing that in Bull just because she looks a bit ridiculous getting with anybody else because she's so tall. And mm. especially because Cassandra doesn't want her, which is still getting to her. She's really <laughs> sad about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, there wasn't really, I think, I really, um, it's quite interesting. I really fancy in it um, Solus, you know, the, mm. the elf, the bald mage elf. And I didn't think I would at first. I was like, oh, no, he's a bit, <laughs> but like, he's just so wise and so knowledgeable <laughs> and so mysterious. And I was like, I think it's the first time where like, I probably fancy someone in the game, not just from kind of physical attraction story to win. I'm like, oh, no, he's, he's so mysterious. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, Holly, get a grip. <laughs> Is that your type in real life, Holly? Why? Uh, what, bald elf mage? That's I mean... <laughs> that, is, that is what I usually go for. It's very specialist, but, you know. <laughs> well, that's the thing, but it's really annoying because you can only... Well, actually, it's annoying, but it's also really cool. You can only romance him if you're a female elf. Mm. So that was another thing where I was like, oh, my God. See, I'm just meant to play these games as a female elf. It's just... <laughs> It's just fate. It wants me to do it. But, You're not tempted yeah. to start again. How long have you been playing for? Um, I've been playing. I haven't been playing as much as I want to lately. So I'm about thirty odd hours in. Oh my goodness! Yeah. And to be honest, I've barely done like anything. I've I've spent so long just like tossing about and side quests and just like mm. looking around the world and stuff and talking to people. But that's what I really love about it. Mm. Like you kind of you feel like you've barely scratched the surface, but you you also feel like you've done so much. Yeah. Which I think, yeah, I think I think it's the first game where it like properly, yeah, I, I really like that about it. I like that because Assassin's Creed games take me a long time, but I never feel like, like I'll play them for a couple of hours and then I won't mm. feel like I've done anything. Mm. Yeah. Whereas it sounds like Inquisition's a bit different. Mm. I was going to ask on the subject of um, Podcast 69, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you, said, you talked about, uh, have you ever wondered if you have a type in games in terms of uh, like romance options and stuff um, like that i've always yeah i don't know because i like think like my main bioware because bio you know bioware do the first characters because mm. you have to romance them 
Um, so like Alistair from Dragon Age Origins mm. is like my, you know, he's my main man. Alistair is great. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just a fantastic character. And um, but then in uh, in Mass Effect, it's like Thane and Garrus. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I always thought, like, I remember in Mass Effect 1, I accidentally romanced Caden. <laughs> because, like, it's it was what obviously... Did you trip? It's quite easy. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. It was because, like, it, it was obviously, like, early on, so they hadn't, like, you could just be nice to him. Mm. And then all of a sudden, you get that scene where, like, he, like, helps you up, and then, like, you almost kiss. And I was like, wait, what? No! <laughs> no, don't do that! And so, yeah, and, and then I felt, I felt kind of bad after that, so I was like, oh, I'll just go along with it. But then... <laughs> In Mass Effect Two, I ended up romancing Thane because mm. he's he's hot stuff. Who doesn't like Thane? I just His voice. I'm quite a. I think I'm a bit of a speciesist. I just I always go for the human. How dare you? You're I know. Ashley. I know. I know. Ashley, the Mass Effect world. But yeah, I think. I mean, fortunately, my type in real life is is kind of fair-haired, uh, maybe a bit stubbly, and there are quite a few of those in video games. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I'm, there, I'm there are so many of them. In- <laughs> Dragon Age. Literally every Dragon Age, there is a blonde, slightly stubbly romance option. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, one. it's Alistair Anders and Cullen. Yeah, and they're all like, I remember when I first saw Cullen, I was like, is is that Alistair? <laughs> like, is that what? what? <laughs> and I kind of, I kind of like Cullen, but I kind of think he's also just like a dull Alistair. <laughs> like he's 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 not got the charm. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing about with, there's like a, a sort of running joke about the first like the the first male NPC you find in Bioware games always being super dull. Um, mm. And Ashley just wasn't because he was just flippant about everything. He yeah. was very sarcastic. Oh, he was an awesome character. I just loved him because he was such like he was so different to the usual kind of like male characters you get. Kind mm. of talking about how you know you get lots of different female and uh, kind of uh, sexuality in different Bioware games, but I think also like the male characters really interesting. So like Alistair is kind mm. of like he's just kind of like found himself in a situation. He doesn't really want any of it, and the main thing that he wants is just a family. And like I remember, it's really and it's really sad because like yeah, there's a bit in Dragon Age Origins where you go into like the Fade and each of the party that you bring, they kind of see the thing that they want most in the world, like and the Mirror I, of Erised. So yeah, kind of like that, and they kind of and you've got to kind of be like, no, it's a demon, don't get tripped by it. But yeah, and Alistair's is literally just like he's with a family and he's just like, oh hi, you know, oh these are all my nieces and nephews, and oh we're having a lovely time. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is like that's so sad. <laughs> I thought it was like I thought that was a really nice touch. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> I was kind of bringing this up because I kind of realised a little while back that I kind of have a long history of romancing sort of bad girls oh, in God. games. <laughs> <laughs> in uh, real life or in games? In games. <laughs> Were you a same... Morrigan man? Yeah, Morrigan, yeah. Um, Viconia, uh, Jack. Um... Jack, really? Oh, Jack, did you romance her or did you just bone? Romance. Okay. Which yeah. Is, come, yeah. Come on, Jordan. We're, we're, we're classy here. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. <laughs> um, and uh, and Isabella. Uh, so, <laughs> of course. So, yeah. yeah. Who didn't romance Isabella? <laughs> oh, I really liked Meryl. I thought she was really sweet. <laughs> Tom doesn't that. like sweet Holly. Oh yeah, that's true. You'd like bad girls. Okay, we'll remember that. So who do you go for in Inquisition then? Well, there isn't really a bad girl there, I guess. Exactly, you're stuck now. But what I guess that... Well, Cassandra in the end. Uh, yeah, standard, standard. I think it's... Um, the, the interesting thing about it is actually I was, I was puzzling over this myself and I kind of felt like maybe it's a bit of a legacy of... Um, in a lot of earlier games, especially like the... Um, 
uh, the good female protagonist was often depicted as kind of passive and yeah, um, and meek. Mm. And so you like and, someone who takes charge, <laughs> whereas the strong, independent <laughs> woman was always the slightly <laughs> evil one. Uh, not really as is the way in real life. <laughs> not really. Wait, what? Real, though. <laughs> I'm not evil. <laughs> not really the case anymore. Anyway, so you've got someone like Cassandra, who is a good person, but also um, strong and tough and independent. Mm. Cassandra's romance is great, actually. It's really adorable. It's because she's very straight laced and tough. Yeah. And then you find out that she secretly reads smutty romance novels. Yeah, and I see like bits where she's like, "Oh, are we going to court and stuff like that?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's that's so sweet." That she's kind of like this kind of badass, kind of you know, really strong warrior woman, but she's still kind of a bit of a kind of a noble prude at the end of the mm. day, which I thought was really nice. <laughs> yeah. So I, I yeah I kind of rushed through to the sex scene of that romance after being oh. told last week that we would. Uh, we would be re- doing so- we would be recording something special for this. <laughs> that was your homework. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't got to that bit yet, though. I have watched. Um, I think Kotaku did a kind of um, yep, <laughs> a thing, a list of all. So I watched all of them. Yeah, in, no, I watched the others after. I <laughs> in preparation, um, and I watched and I watched because I was really curious because like the soulless one that they showed for that was just like a kiss, and I was like, oh. That's, that's shit. And then, so like I, I, so then I kind of I just like YouTube his romance, and his romance sounds really interesting, but also really heartbreaking. Doesn't he so, like? Yeah, don't you have like dream sex or something? Well, no, I don't think you have sex at all. No. I think this. I, I think, but like, yeah, like when you like in that. Uh, that is pretty talk. heartbreaking. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Solus's thing is like he um, he sort of wanders, he sort of um, sleeps, and it's the, the Fade and Dragon Age is a kind of magical realm that's also where people go where they dream. So yeah. I think he appears in your dreams if you romance him and things well, like I that. Think, I think the first one he does, and I think then you kind of, you know, you get back to reality. <laughs> You'd hope so anyway. But yeah, the first one, it was like, I thought it was really, I thought it was a really cool romance scene because you're like walking along and talking and stuff. And like, all of a sudden you're back in this place, um, which you went in before. And, um, and then you kind of kiss and stuff. And then he's like, oh no, we can't do it. Not even here. And you're like, oh, here. And then he goes like, wake up. And then you like, wake up. And I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> but then, yeah, but then it also doesn't, does that count? Does that, <laughs> I <laughs> hope not. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not go down that route. That's a dark route. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I, I did watch the rest of them. The, um, the Iron Ball one is great. Yeah, the Iron Ball one is fantastic. Because they just play it as pure sex comedy. It's like an American Pie movie or something. People keep yeah. walking in. It's like carry on inquisition. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, people keep on walking in. They're like, oh, my. <laughs> um, yeah. Although I've got to say, I was disappointed that they appear to have a strict policy. In the... Obviously, I was surprised um, when I sort of followed through with the plot that the sex scenes are quite explicit, really. Yeah, um, I was amazed because I watched them and you see boobs for the yeah. first time. I was like, oh my god, boobs! <laughs> but unfortunately, it appears to be a strict boobs but no dong policy. Yeah, that's that's what I noticed as well. They have boobs and butts, but you know, no, mm. nothing else. Well, that's all right for you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, although um, people, uh, although uh, I guess there are some quite gratuitous shots of uh, Dorian's butt. Oh yes. yeah, I've heard. Oh, if you speaking of which, have you guys heard this about Nate's uh, Nathan Drake's butt? Apparently, it's a little bit bubblier in um, in the new in the he's new got game. Got some bootay going on. Yeah, I've heard. I haven't seen it yet. I need to have a look. <laughs> Just like pause it right at the right moment. <laughs> well, I'm, sure, I'm sure it'll be covered on Laura's podcast soon. Oh yeah, <laughs> we should put a link to that in the show notes. 
Uh, <laughs> and yeah, maybe maybe there'll be one for my uh for my gallery of uh bot shots as well, which is <laughs> oh god, it, it's only women was... so far. Really, there must be some. Actually, uh, I was thinking that because I thought of a book, but I, that was a movie, not a game, so that doesn't count. This is specifically when women are in promotional material. Uh, so in tra- in screenshots when they're shown kind of standing facing away from the camera so that you can see their bum, I call uh, it the yeah. Scarlett Johansson Avengers pose. And always, uh, and always, the camera is so low down. Oh yeah, it's and like, that's oh, the other thing. The yeah. cool, trailers um, as well, when it pans up from their bum or from mm, their legs. Yeah, is that similar? Well, um, there's a phrase in uh, comic books called um, "broke back pose," which is where uh, oh women, yeah, women are posed so that they're both exp- they're simultaneously uh, showing their butt and uh, and showing their breasts in a way which would probably ruin your spine. I mean, I'm double jointed and I can't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching. Did you watch the um, the Sarah romance one? Uh, yeah, which yes, one's that's, that? That's really explicit. It's it's really explicit, but it's also really. I thought it was really good because mm. that one's kind of like like you are just kind of having fun, mm. and it's kind of nice that you know they can kind of show a kind of lighter relationship without it just being kind of right one sex scene, boom, never talk again, kind of thing like that. But yeah, no, you should mm. watch it. It's it's really good, but it is yeah, it's quite. There's, there's lots of lots of boobs yeah. going on that one. <laughs> Guys, if I watch all of these videos, is there any need for me to play the game? <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends what you're playing it for. <laughs> if you are playing it for those saucy scenes, then maybe not. That might be the primary reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is. It is a big part. Of, to be fair, it's a big part of the Bioware game. Like when mm. I when I like I was genuinely like getting distressed that I didn't fancy anyone in the game when I first played it. I was like, oh no, <laughs> it's like this is like such a big part of it. And then I realized, yeah, like how much, how much of Bioware game you spend just <laughs> trying to bang someone. And I was like, oh god, <laughs> I'm a horrible person. <laughs> they're still dating simulators, really. Don't you think oh. it's an accurate depiction of how most people live their lives? <laughs> <laughs> What, just kind of having, what, three nice conversations, <laughs> gift, and then some kind of, like, uh, mission? <laughs> well, no, I mean, go. you've got your you've got your other goals, sure. Like, you want to get ahead in your career and you want to save the world and be a good person and stuff. But most people are also looking for some action. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a real depiction. You know, there's, off, there's so many times where I've got just this thing on my hand and I have to close, like, these rifts in the sky. And I'm like, oh, you know, I really just want to get on trying to romance someone but I've got to do that at the same time <laughs> do you feel like it's unrealistic that someone who's who should be preoccupied with saving the world does take the time to to get laid I think it's I think it's kind of like you know kind of stressful situations and all that and you know like people always always like you know in the big brother house there's always like two people that always say like they fall in love and stuff like that but it's just because if you get a bunch of people together mm. long enough that you know something like that will happen. So it did take place over, I think, a fairly long stretch of time. Like there's going to be yeah. at least a few months going on there. Yeah. Uh, during which you're holed up in your awesome castle. Uh, that would with... be one hell of a dry spell. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, you've got to break the tension somehow. <laughs> it's very stressful being the Inquisitor. Mm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, should we uh, move on to questions? Because we've been yes. talking for quite a while. Sure, I think we've covered all the banging. I don't know if there's a threesome in Dragon Age Inquisition, by the way. There um, are, is one in oh, the other two damn. games, but oh, I haven't found it yet. Oh, God, yeah, there's, it's Severin in Dragon Age 2, and then it's Isabella in, Dra- in Origins. It's, 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 it's Isabella and, it's, uh, and potentially up to three other people, I think. I think it, it can be Liliana, it can be four people. 
Yeah, it could be you, Liliana, Liliana and Severin. Severin, yeah. (laughs) Shit, yeah. Oh, I I need to play these games. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, do we want to quickly mention, Tom, is there anyone aside from Bioware characters that you you fancy from games? Because I think mine just has to be (laughs) Haytham still. Mm. Just that, the posh British kind of slightly (laughs) mean streak. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Good question. Uh, Maybe um, Jade from Beyond Good and Evil? That's oh yeah, one. that's yeah. interesting because you play. Well, I guess you do play as Haytham as well. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of my. Oh, I um, I have quite a, John Marsden from Red Dead Redemption. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> a dick. No, but I think he's kind of. I just love his voice, and I think I think you know he's got a heart of gold underneath that gruff exterior. <laughs> and mm. um, Leon Kennedy from uh, Resi Four is a classic. Course. Mm. Okay. I remember when I first played that, I thought that he was like so skinny. But I realise now, looking back, that it's just because like Chris Redfield and stuff was so impossibly buff <laughs> that he's actually like Leon's still actually quite buff, but it's just like in comparison. But I remember looking back and thinking, oh, he's quite small. I was like, gosh, video games have warped my perspective. <laughs> mm. Creating unrealistic uh, expectations of male bodies. Yeah, exactly. I'm walking around <laughs> looking for my Chris Redfield, and I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> Where are they? So, speaking of video game romances, one of our questions was, which uh, potential romance in Hatterful Boyfriend did you prefer? And I haven't played it, so I have no idea. Holly, have you oh, played? Oh, yes. Me and um, Lydia, Squid Gaming, uh, mm. we streamed it. And um, we had, I mean, I'm going to say, like, okay, spoilers, because there's no way I can talk about this without revealing what happened to us. But it doesn't take long to play the game. It's like an hour. So, you know, deal with it, people. Okay, right. So there was a guy called Dr. Shu, who we went for, who was like this big partridge guy. And like, apparently, he's like quite creepy, but we like quite fancied him for some reason. So we're like, okay, we're going to go for Dr. Shu. And then we tried to romance him. But then, like, we didn't romance him. And then at the end of the game, like, we got, we ended up getting killed by ninjas sent by the government. Because Wait, hold we on. Yeah, because we weren't being romantic enough. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's, so yeah, which, but I found out recently, I was talking to someone and they were saying, apparently, if you do romance Dr. Shu, he ends up killing you. What? And then you, yeah, and then no. you come back as your friend investigating what happened to you? This game has Which so many apparently... more layers than I thought it had. It's <laughs> mental. It's like it's like got this whole story. Like you live in a cave because birds have taken over, and you're like this experiment <laughs> because like to see if humans and birds can get along. So that's why that's why me and Lydia got killed because we weren't being romantic enough. Wait, so... when they say humans and birds can get along, do they mean interbreed? <laughs> I I have no idea. Well, we weren't being romantic, so that's. I'm, I'm guessing, perhaps, maybe. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> uh, have you played Hatterful Boyfriend? I haven't, no. Though oh, I'm okay. quite tempted now. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> way more interesting than I thought it was. Mm. There's that... Someone's kickstarting one about dragons, I think, at the moment, <laughs> where you romance dragons. I think this is going to be the new trend. Oh, God. The, the Hatterful Boyfriend is just amazing because it has, like... It's literally just, like, pigeons. So it's like you're just romancing these pigeons. And then occasionally, like... um. When you first meet a character, like a little kind of like anime kind of person pops up, like what they would look like as a human, but you can turn that off. So it's literally, you're just going on what the pigeons look like. And me and Lydia went for Dr. Shu because he was a big partridge and he like took up half the screen. 
And we were like, yeah. It's like more of them to cuddle than. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of your unrealistic expectations of what men should exactly. Look like. It's exactly. It's my it's my kind of Leon Kennedy is skinny syndrome. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just I'm just imagining this on a dating site. It's just like looking for man must take up half the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Do must you, um, not fit into photo. Do you think that your character imagines them as people to kind of make it better for themselves that they have to be this experimental <laughs> they're reading? Just tra- they're so traumatised, they're just <laughs> imagining it. I would not be surprised, to be honest. Mm. That game is so fucking weird. But it's, it's like, you have to play it. It's, just, it's an experience, not a game. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll put it on my list. <laughs> um, I only have one other question. Tom, do you have any? Uh, look... I think we do have some old ones because we've got kind of a couple of episodes stored up. Okay. Well, if any of them are sexy. <laughs> <laughs> any sexy or saucy ones? This one is not, but it is interesting. Um, it's from Nick Wheeler on Twitter who says, Have you reached a point in any RPG where you've screamed, am I the only one in this land capable of doing anything? I do feel like sometimes you get this thing where it's like, oh, you have to save us. You're the only one who can do this. And it's like, really? Like, especially in Mass Effect, where there are loads of races and billions and billions of people and other aliens. And it's like, only Commander Shepard can do this. Yeah, Mass Effect spawn. Especially, like, there's the whole kind of, like, you know, like, Citadel and, like, Parliament and all these, like, dignitaries. And, yeah, it's like, why am I doing this? (laughs) Where are all the other spectres and all that? Yeah. Mm. I think Skyrim as well, when, like, you're trying to save the world and there's some guy comes along and asks you to find this necklace and you're like fuck off <laughs> i don't want yeah. to find your necklace <laughs> do it yourself bloody hell yeah, seriously there's always like one quest that comes across that are just a little bit ridiculous um mm-hmm. like there's fam- the famous one in mass effect where you literally just like walk into um this uh where you uh walk into this uh woman and her brother arguing over whether she should have some kind of treatment done to her unborn child Oh, for yeah. some reason, you have to decide that. <laughs> there was loads of stuff like that. It was like there was one where it was like um, it was in a like in a, yeah, it was it was like it was like a kind of like you had to be a romance counselor. Oh point. yeah, like, there's this couple arguing. You come along, you go, oh no, calm down. And it's like it's like what? To be honest, if I was having an argument with my boyfriend and then some guy came along and was like, oh, I'll handle this, I'd be like, who are you? <laughs> like no, go away. Well, this is, is the, fam- the famous Commander Shepard, savior of the galaxy, though. So yeah. it'd be like just like someone incredibly super famous like if Barack Obama just wandered in and was like hey hey guys <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome I don't think I could refuse like romance advice from Barack Obama <laughs> any questions um, Tom? Um, what did I say? Uh, yeah uh, there's one we had from a couple of weeks ago which was um, from just another Xmas blog um, oh usually just another gaming blog <laughs> Right, I was going to say. It says, uh, would you prefer the next-gen consoles had been more than just a graphical update? Um, I'm not sure I really agree that they were. I mean, they're they're not... They weren't really much of a graphical update. No, but um, we have kind of seen other stuff. Like, um, I feel like there's a reason people are doing a ton more open-world games now. Um, Hmm. uh, um, I'm sure... So I'm sure someone who knew way more about hardware things than me was explaining back when the new consoles were announced that yeah. um, the extra RAM or something meant that they could that's something that could be easily done. So it's so why... difficult to explain that kind of thing though, like the technical stuff. It's yeah. way easier to be like we've gone from standard de- uh, definition to eight, to high definition than it is yeah. to be like 
we have more RAM, so we can do more, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, like if you can see it, it's so much easier to sell it. Yeah. And other than just kind of like showing a bunch mm-hmm. of numbers and being like, oh, but it's this, you know. Yeah. But in this but, case, I think people have used it to kind of go, okay, we're going to do what we did before, but with a giant open world. Um, mm. And thus you get things like um, what, uh, the crew and the division and such like, and maybe not all of them have turned out well. But um, yeah, people are experimenting with it. I mean, I would say Dragon Age Inquisition is huge. Mm, uh, it's way, massive. Way bigger I can't than anything I've ever done before. Yeah. Um, and again, that's one where it kind of you get to this point where it is big, and as a, occasionally some of the quests are a bit fillery because of that. Mm. Um, like <laughs> there was the one that uh, Phil joked about when we had it on there, and was picked out in like two separate reviews. Uh, his and Richard Cobbett's for Eurogamer, the uh, weird sort of bear clog thing. Yeah, that is very. I was yeah. I got that because you get like a note from a dead body. First of all, who is like? Why is the Inquisitor just picking up notes from dead bodies? Like that's a strange thing the to Inquisitor do. Inquisitor picks up everything though. You can't. He's just like constantly harvesting flowers. Yeah, like because like if I if I was like part of the Inquisition and I was out with the Inquisitor and the Inquisitor's like, oh no, wait, stop a second, I've got to pick this herb. I'd be like, you know, come on, we've got you know, we've got to kill all those bandits. Forget the herbs. I, I, there is actually a. Kudos to them for actually kind of giving you a way around that, and that if you don't feel like doing that on the little operations table where you order your men around the world, you can just order your soldiers to go flower picking. Yeah, for you. That's <laughs> amazing. It's, it's like it's like, do you want to focus on finding iron or finding you know like this flower? And I'm like, oh, flower. <laughs> I love the idea of sending out all my like all my Templars <laughs> in their full armor. Um, yeah, though there's uh, there's. Yeah, the, the bear one has become kind of notorious as one of the uh, sillier quests. Mm. I think there's there's always that mm. in these games. There's like, a, back, yeah, it's it's a there's a terrible um, uh, unfortunate one in uh, Dragon Age Two. Mm. It's like there's a quest that starts out like a really standard fetch quest, and it's one of the few where you get the send it, you get the ability to just say, "Ah, oh, I'm not your errand boy," and wander off and not do it. Yeah, which a friend of mine did, and it turns out that's the one where you meet one of the companions. Oh shit! <laughs> so if, if you say I'm not doing this rubbish fetch quest, you will never meet Fenris. Uh, oh god! Actually, Fenris was the one I romanced in Dragon Age Two. Mm. There we go. He is, yeah, he's he's he, uh, he's pretty cool. He's I just... like his voice, but he moans quite a lot about being a slave, and it's like get over it. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just like this sort of tiny little elf man with um, really cool tattoos and an incredibly deep and sensuous voice. He has the most amazing voice. Like, I've noticed you were saying before about kind of types in video games, and I've noticed that I always go for the really nice voices. <laughs> like, I kind of like Thane because of his voice. Mm. I like Fenris because of his voice. You know, all, yeah. That's the main thing that I like voice. about Haytham, I think, is his voice. Mm. Yeah, because so much of it is in the voice acting. Mm. You're like, damn. <laughs> That's a nice voice. Oh, um, what's his face? Troy Baker is in uh, Tales from the Borderlands. He plays the, the main character. Everything. <laughs> well, I've heard he's a good-looking guy. Yeah, he is. He's a, I once I sat in a very small van with him once while someone was interviewing him, <laughs> and I was pretty much I was um. It's when I kind of just started out doing game stuff, and I was an intern somewhere. So um, the person I went along was interviewing him, and it was about um oh what's it called the infamous. It was about infamous second son. And so, like, but, like, you know, when they always do that in weird kind of, like, premiere things, always, like, set up some kind of, like, bizarre scenario which you have to interview. So for this one, we kind of, we had to go into, like, this weird little van to interview him. And it was really small and, like, really compact. And so, like, we were videoing it. So I I was holding, like, the sound, like, the mic. 
But like to get the to get like the right like sound, I virtually had to like sit at his feet. <laughs> so I was kind of like so we were like cramped into this tiny car. There was like Troy Baker going on, being all charming and good looking. And I was there like literally like at his feet, like trying not to just sit on his feet, like holding this mic to him. I was like, Oh man, this is this this is strange. It is good but also bad. It sounds like a dream I might have, you know. <laughs> Anyway, I think that's uh, all the questions we've got. Am I right? Uh, yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, in that case, we should probably say goodbye. Unfortunately, you'll have to wrap this up. Holly, is there anywhere where people can find you online? Um, yes, you can follow my Twitter, which is at Nielsen underscore Holly. And Nielsen is spelled N-I-E-L-S-E-N. Um, because people always get that wrong because it's the Danish spelling of Nielsen. Mm. You know, it's it's oh. the number one name in Denmark. Come on, people. <laughs> Holly, when you give a score to a game, do you call it a Nielsen rating? Yeah, I, I need to start doing that. <laughs> people keep on saying that, and I'm like, oh, man, I need to do that. <laughs> yes, I have to do that. But, yeah, I also have um, people are gonna, a blog. It's, 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 it's probably not a great idea because most people, most young people probably have no idea what that means anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> do you not know what Nielsen rating is? Nope. Well, well, it's me rating things. Okay, <laughs> that's sure. what it is. <laughs> I believe Back you. in the old days when people used to watch television, uh, Nielsen was a sort of company that uh, basically um, had a monopoly on the stats as to how many people watched a, t- uh, a TV show by having like a sample of people uh, of um, people who had a Nielsen box on their TV that would record, record what they watched, and then they would extrapolate it from that, those samples. Really? Mm. Gosh, that's interesting. Um, and it's kind of why, um, and a lot of people were no, were like unhappy about it at times because um, it uh, they were extrapolating from a fairly small like subsection of people. Like, um, it is kind of why television is sort of slanted towards families and not say students because they never have, uh, never really put any uh, boxes in like student dormitories. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and about like I can't remember how many people they had, like ten thousand, twenty thousand. And those people basically decided what was on American television for years. Hmm. <laughs> but yes, going along with that, you c- I also have a blog, <laughs> which has got nothing to do with the Nielsen ratings, I'm afraid. But that is uh, nielsenholly.wordpress.com. Wordpress. So, yeah. And I should be, uh, I'm going to be, I've got deadlines at the moment, but I'm going, after that, I'm going to be writing something about uh, Dragon Age, shockingly enough, about why I think it's got the strongest female characters out of any game series. Any? Wow. Interesting claim. It'd be interesting to read that. It's it's a fair point. I mean, um, if only by sheer numbers. I mean... Exactly. um, Yeah, there's so many. (laughs) Like, there there might be other other games that have, like, a stronger female character than, say, Cassandra or Leilani, but they won't have, like, half a dozen of them. Yeah, I think also just the variety. Mm. They've got that covered. So, yeah. It's nice for it not to be... It's nice for it not to be tokenism. Like, Mm. that's quite a nice change. Yeah. Awesome. And Tom, people can find you at? I'm at, at WordMercenary on Twitter or WordMercenary.co.uk on my blog. And I am George U everywhere, J-A-W-S-E-W. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for listening to episode 69, everybody. If you want to send us feedback, then you can do. If you want to send us questions for the future episodes, we'd love to hear that. Mm-hmm. But uh, for now, goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>